You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Walker. On today's session, we're going to look at a fun topic that can lead to a lot of unique aspects in your campaigns, and that's politics and campaigns. Now, I know some of you might have been expecting my friend Dustin Archer to be on the show with me today. That episode got pushed to next week, where we will be discussing building backwards. So, to start things off here, I want to say that I don't want this to be a real-world political debate. It's not the point of the show. It has very little to do with your roleplay world. However, politics do play an important role in your fantasy worlds. In order to make your worlds feel as real as possible... You want it to have understandable and believable politics. As humans, we have this innate understanding of how different leaders can influence their followers, and it has been said many times that attitudes follow leadership, meaning the attitudes of your commoners and the people in your world should reflect the political climate in which they exist. Politics in your world can easily be the backbone of an adventure, and there's so many pre-written adventures out there that involve deposing a ruler or overthrowing another nation or choosing one side of a warring faction. And most high-level games in particular include increasing levels of political intrigue. This is because as characters become more powerful, they have a higher level of influence and recognition, both of which are primary drivers in political power. So whether or not your characters choose to, they still become objects of world politics when they reach certain levels of power. This just happens innately. But even on the micro scale of many adventures, you will find them based on politics. Rather than national politics, they could be based on intergroup politics. Things like warring factions or disgruntled business partners would be a good example of this. Sometimes, I feel that the true power of a player character is often the power to decide which political faction is successful. And if you look in our real-world politics, it obviously plays a huge role in the way nations interact, or on a micro scale, how groups interact, like in a business setting. But also, if you look at fantasy worlds, there's so many examples of where politics are the motivators of the plot. Some of the ones that I think of in cinematics, for example, would be Star Wars. It's the rebel, rebels versus the Galactic Empire. The Lord of the Rings is trying to prevent the absolute rule of one tyrant overall. He's got the one ring that will rule them all threat all the way through, even though we don't necessarily know what that means. The Chronicles of Riddick, Dune, the Chronicles of Narnia are all other great examples of how politics play into fantasy. And in books, you can see it in wonderful stories like the Mistborn trilogy, The Wheel of Time, The Sword of Truth, The Hunger Games. Honestly, in fantasy, I find it's much harder to find a story that doesn't have a political backdrop than it is to find one that does. And the reason for this is because politics are at the heart of what makes a world feel real. And when large groups of people are in conflict, as is often the case in fantasy settings, politics are right there at the heart of that conflict. So setting up unique and understandable politics will enrich your stories and make your world more believable for your players. You shouldn't just let our real-world understanding of politics and leadership 
dictate a world that has vastly different rules and physics. It sets a huge array of possibilities in motion when you incorporate magic and fantasy monsters and other awesome fantasy storytelling elements like that, and it vastly changes what a political landscape can look like. So one thing about playing politics that can be particularly fun is setting up the possibility of political scandals. In political psychology, we learn why in our real world political scandals are so commonplace, which is that there's an array of personality traits that occur frequently in politicians, things like narcissism, risk-taking, a motivation to acquire power, projecting false self for a political persona, and having less remorse over telling lies. These are traits that are vastly more common in the type of people who are driven to politics than they are in the general population. And these traits render politicians more likely to engage in scandalous behavior or being unwilling to apologize for the mistakes that they make. Or they might make contradictory public statements while not caring about mismatches between their private identity and their public persona. I believe that it stands to reason that in your campaigns, just like in the real world, these types of personality traits will be drawn to leadership and political positions, which means that you can use your fantasy politics to make really intriguing political climates. An important consideration while you're creating these political climates in your games would be considering the effects that your world's level of magic could have on your politics. If, for example, magic is extremely commonplace, then it makes sense that your magical characters or NPCs would be more involved in the political landscape. So perhaps start by asking yourself, how does the individual's voice get heard or suppressed in your world? And also try to define what sort of political structure the mechanics of your game supports the most. If you articulate these points, it can be an excellent starting point in figuring out how you want the politics of your world to look. Then you can further define the politics of your campaign by asking yourself questions like, how does the lower class individual fare in your political landscape? Who would be against the political structure and how would that look in terms of rebellion or warring ideas or factions? How long does a ruler tend to stay in power? What are the requirements to rule or what is the system of passing power from one leader to the next? If you ask yourself all of these questions and other questions like it and define your answers, you'll have a pretty good starting place for figuring out what you want your political structures to look like in your world. There's some articles out there that suggest making effective politics in role-playing games is one of the hardest things to do as a dungeon master. And I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but it does at least give you some things to think about. And I think one of the biggest reasons that a dungeon master might fail when introducing political intrigue into their games is that they don't consider the player's actions and how much the player's actions might affect the landscape of politics. If a DM is too focused on their world and their factions and maintaining the thing that they built, if they're too tied to the world that they created and not the changes that the characters can introduce into that world, then the players simply become a cog in the wheel that's put into the system and they lose the ability to affect your world. And I think when that happens, the political intrigue is sort of suppressed. And there's a big problem with that. 
The problem is that it's not very realistic. If someone is extremely powerful, they will have the ability to influence the political landscape, whether it's magical power, money, or influence. Those sort of things should all affect your world. And when your characters leverage those things in a political manner, it's important for a DM to let that happen. Let your characters change the world that you have built, because that's what main characters do. So I think with that, you could say one of the most important things is to make the PCs active participants in your political climate, even if it's not necessarily a game that's focused on political intrigue. At least make your player characters participate in and break up some of your moments of in-depth gaming with some traditional style political intrigue. I think it's important to realize the power that your characters have attained by seeing the way that it affects the world and the world's politics. And maybe not all characters are going to love games that are enriched heavily with politics, but still give them a sense of the range that their power can affect. One thing you definitely can do when you have political intrigue as part of your games is to make sure that the issues your characters are working for or against matter to them. Because if it is something that's important to their character, they're going to be way more likely to enjoy the political aspects of a game. And it's also interesting if you have characters who are sort of divided in terms of the politics. This happens in our real world. We don't always agree with our friends on every issue. So it's fine if your characters have to navigate social circumstances of not seeing eye to eye with other members of their party. It can make some really interesting character dynamics that have to be dealt with in game. Those can be really fun. They can also be a little challenging. So as a dungeon master, you need to be ready to step in and steer the party back together if things get out of hand. Or if it looks like an untenable situation, if they're not going to be able to find a compromise on, shut down that portion of the game help the party move on to whatever the goal at hand actually is. So considering all that, let's go ahead and move on to tricks of the trade. In today's tricks of the trade, I have a handful of political setups that you can base some of your nations around or your entire world around in your campaign. So the first one is a geneocracy. This is rule by the intelligent or the geniuses of your world. And this government places the very intelligent at the top of the ruling class. Among these would be mages, very high intelligence rogues or bards, or just very intellectual characters in general. You could incorporate some fun things like mandated tests that would be used to ascertain the intellectual capacity of leaders before they're placed as electable options. Or you could just say that there's standardized testing that takes place and the most intelligent person is always placed as the ruler for a certain period of time, which would be a really interesting way of running a world. Another fun and popular one is the majocracy or the rule by those with magic. This could be tied to another political style like an oligarchy, or it could be like a council of mages and spellcasters. But the organizations or the political climate is held by those with magical ability. So those born with magical ability are, of course, considered to be of higher privilege. And those who are not, you know, you could sort of look at the difference in the Harry Potter world between muggles and witches and wizards and how that can create a faction of excellence, so to speak. Those who believe that those with magic are far more important than those who don't have it. And that sets up all sorts of possibilities for political intrigue. 
Another common one you have probably seen in games is theocracy or rule by religion. It can take aspects of other types of government as well. So you could have a democracy or other aspects of a monarchy, but tying it to a religion or religious order is what would make it a theocracy. Or it could just be a rule by a central figure such as a pope or other religious figure who rules in a dynasty style fashion. Or the theocracy could have an election, but the electors could, of course, be restricted to religious officials of a certain rank. And the last form of government uh, I would share with you is the autocracy or the rule by the one. This is your king of kings, the person who has absolute power. It could be a single person rising to that power in some manner through military might or magic or whatever, or it could be an individual from a certain line. But either way, decisions of the entity are not subject to legal constraints or popular control of any sort And the leaders are usually those who have earned their respect by grandeur or supreme power or fear. So having a structure like this would be great if you wanted to have like a god king or a ruler who has lived for ages because they've had some spell or template that has granted them immortality. It can just be a real fun mess. And I think it kind of reminds me a lot of the Star Wars setup where you have the Empire ruling over the Galactic Empire. And it really does come down to just what this one person says or does. So with that, we come to the end of our session. Please subscribe to my podcast. Check out my book, Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system. It is available on Amazon, and there's a link to it in the show notes. Also, feel free to send me an email if you have any suggestions, comments, or ideas for future shows. The address is all one word. Dungeons Dragons Psychology at gmail.com. We will see you next week where we have Dustin Archer with us and we will be discussing building backwards. See you next session.